0: Hey, folks, welcome back to the show. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I am, as always, Seth, your host, bringing you some new content for December. I warned you, I know last week was a repeat, though, Austin Fisher is freaking brilliant. I really should have him come back on. Anyhow, new content today. So Avi Feingold and Stephen Backhouse. Stephen is not new to the show, but Avi is. And man, I, I laughed a lot in this conversation. Very, very much so. And I think you will too. You know, slight trigger warning. You might get mad at some of these things, right? But that's okay. And uh, <laughs> if you're a patron supporter, you heard some things beforehand um that are hilarious and um this is just a quick PSA you should already be supporting the show and if you do thank you I'm glad you're here thank you so much for downloading without any further ado let's go in progress. There we go. We did it. All right. Who wants... Uh, you're not both doctors, right? Are you both our doctors? I am. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm a rabbi. He's a doctor. Together, we're rabbi-doctor. rabbi
0: doc. Rabbi Do- yeah. yeah. Can I say it that way? <laughs> How can I make that work? <laughs> anyway, here we go. You have these questions when you
1: have a rabbi and a doctor. It's like, is
0: a rabbi-doctor? Is a doctor-rabbi? Like, it's the, the, same, with, the, it's the same with <laughs> reverend. Um, when I have a reverends yeah. on, I'm like, the reverend, doctor, pastor preacher, deacon, Stephen Backhouse, you know. um, Anyway, (laughs) let's roll. Uh, Rabbi Avi Feingold and Stephen Backhouse. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Avi, welcome to the show for the first time. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Hopefully not the last.
0: Yeah. No, let's do it again. We'll do it tomorrow. We won't do it tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Welcome to the show. For those that are listening, I have no idea when this episode will release, probably in the next few weeks, but we were recording the day before the United States holiday of Christmas. And I say that because Avi, you're in Canada. And I know your Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Was, was a while ago. Thanksgiving at, well,
2: or Christmas? You said,
0: you said Christmas. I don't even know how the internet works. Let me start again. We <laughs> um, were recording this the day before Thanksgiving in the United States, which Christmas, I think, falls on the same for everybody, if if celebrated. However, before the day before Thanksgiving in the United States, which is different in the UK, I don't believe you have the United States Thanksgiving in the UK, and I know I have friends in Canada, and they've already had theirs, so... That's kind of contextual yeah. here, yeah. So you've been giving thanks for months now, but welcome to my Thanksgiving holiday, Avi. I appreciate you coming. So, <laughs> so.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I spent ten years in the U.S., so I've I've done my fair share of uh, both cooking and uh, being at Thanksgivings. Do uh, you celebrate an both, American wife? um look, I celebrated neither until I moved to the states mm. and then I realized that it was such a big deal uh, in America to celebrate Thanksgiving, which is not a bad thing it's a more, it's important. Uh, a lot fewer Canadians do the whole Thanksgiving traditions mm. um, and so I never really did it and now we sort of like celebrate a bit on both. Um, it's hard to celebrate Thanksgiving as an American in Canada when it's a work day and the other Americans that would love to celebrate Thanksgiving with you uh, have a work day too. So what I might do is that uh, Friday night dinner, which is our big Sabbath dinner, it's a day later, it'll be Friday night and uh, we actually have Americans coming for dinner and I may just make like a turkey, some stuffing and, uh, you know, come up with the, the day late and a dollar short Thanksgiving for yeah. the Americans. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you're giving thanks for Black Friday. So I appreciate that, <laughs> which I don't participate in. So we'll go. Well, let's start with you, Avi. Um, since Steven's been on the show a couple of sure. times, if you were to explain to people who and what you are, kind of why you are what would you answer to that?
1: Uh, I, I'm Avi Feingold. I am an adult educator in the, in Montreal and online. Uh, I'm a rabbi, uh, without a pulpit uh, we tried the pulpit thing uh, my wife is also in the pulpit and we realized that two pulpits was not a good idea um, especially in two different congregations it's I always joke that it's like a genetic disease uh, ordination it's okay if you're a carrier you're just not supposed to marry another one and uh, <laughs> the, like you know after a year we were like you know what let me take that step back I love adult education it, it was a much bigger it was what I was doing beforehand it's what I'm doing now and I'm much more appreciative and interested in doing that kind of work and so that's what i do uh nowadays a lot of it has shifted to online and podcasting and i have multiple podcasts of which one of which i'm guessing we're going to talk about today but i have others and i uh you know uh i I like to teach i like to give over ideas i i think that ideas are at the bedrock of uh what we do, uh, whether within faith communities or secular communities. Uh, and, uh, that's what I, I like to disseminate big ideas,
0: especially other people's. I don't, my ideas are, you know, whatever. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. My ideas are, are very little. I, I would rather other people talk. St- St- Stephen, welcome <laughs> back. So people should know you because I think you've been on the show at least twice. Maybe more than yeah, twice. Yeah, we
2: did a two-parter a while ago on yeah. on nationalism and patriotism. So,
0: so, what would you like people? Well, that doesn't exist anymore, Stephen. You know, we fixed that, right? Oh, Biden won example. the election. Like we're done with oh, nationalism. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, um, what uh, What would you want people to know? Anything? Any? Or, or we could just say, uh, listen I to might... the old ones. I mean, we could be lazy. Well,
2: I'm with sort it. of a. I'm sort of a. I sort of do a Christian version of what uh, Avi does, which is I. I don't. I also don't have a pulpit, but I do spend a lot of time doing education in christian theology kind of in unorthodox places so in businesses or in charities or in churches but places where groups don't normally have space for theology i like to bring that in and mm. uh, and, and teach people how to think christianly about what they're doing so it's usually christian groups that, that bring me in but just to think about how we use power how we resolve conflicts what we think about money power government nationalism patriotism yeah how Jesus works out in the modern world. There's yeah. a lot of that stuff that a lot of people are doing. They, they've started an organization or started a, a movement, and they they want to find ways to connect that to the to the faith that they've got. So yeah, that's what I do. And I yeah. call it tent theology. So I bring that around, open up theology spaces where they're. I'm not there certain.
0: I'm not certain that I know how to think Christianly when there's like ninety seven thousand denominations that all think exactly. differently. Yeah. But exactly. that's not why y'all are here. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So y'all started a podcast, um, which I've really enjoyed binging over the last week. I've listened to about half of your episodes, which is actually the inverse of what I usually do. I almost never listen to religious podcasts um, because I'm, I'm terrified that I will steal other people's thoughts, ideas, and questions and make them my own. And I won't learn anything that way. I feel like if it doesn't come from me organically uh, and... For the most part, I was telling a friend last night, uh, the show is, is mostly out of my curiosity, this podcast. If, if I'm not curious about a topic, then the show just doesn't happen at all. Uh, I'm glad other people like to listen, but that's not the primary purpose. So you started a podcast. It's either called Hyphen or The Hyphen. I'm not sure. It started if, with The Hyphen, but yeah.
1: it, I, I feel like it's kind of the Facebook. We kind of dropped the the. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and, uh, the Facebook.
1: We're
2: following the, the Facebook tra- trajectory there you in go. every, Absolutely, every yeah. way.
1: <laughs>
0: so if you had to drill it down beyond the Facebook, which is now meta, what, what is, yeah. what is more, more primal than hyphen?
1: Well, it's the space between the notes, right? So, Face. you know the space yeah. exactly there you just go <laughs> <Come on>. so <laughs> what is and then eventually we're going to call it our
0: space instead of my space because it's not yeah. just about me mm. right mm. first episode will be named tom just Tom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, We're going to move
1: even further back in time to Friendster and yeah. Although, yeah, AOL yeah, Instant true. Messenger. Yeah. Which all of this
0: Abby, is very Abby, meta. Facebook so is I can... a
2: name that's going to be available soon. So why don't we just call our, our podcast The Facebook and then start oh, from
0: there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What have, what have <laughs> I done? What have I done? Um, we better explain, Seth, what this yeah, is. What is so, about. what is the hyphen? Um, and I joked a moment ago that, sure. um, that I was talking with you all with my son. And he was like, what is that? We Googled it and madness ensued. And I was, I only had like 90 seconds to talk with him. So it's not like I've had time to unpack it at all. So what is the hyphen and how does it kind of relate to what y'all do and what you're trying to do? Oh, who's going to take this one?
1: Oh, it's your idea. (laughs) So, I mean, I think hyphen came up like sort of at the end um, and it came out of this idea that, you know, you know. There's no such thing as a Judeo-Christian, right? That 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 word exists everywhere, but but it doesn't exist in practicality. There is no Judeo Christians. That's just not a thing, right? There are Judeos, Judeans, Jews, right? And then there are Christians. Um, and the hyphen in the middle is designed to like unite them, um, but in reality, it just there's so little that actually happens in day-to-day life with jews and christians together Mm. um that that hyphen might as well not exist and we just wanted to highlight i guess the fact that at some point in time it's it's important for jews to have conversations with christians and vice versa not because we're trying as we say in the intro not because we want to convert each other and god knows there are many people that try from the christian side to convert jews it is not about that um, and it is not about jews trying to say that we are right and whatever we did is is completely right and the christianity should just go away because it's a false religion it's not about that either um because we got rid of the disputations in the 12th century right but but well not really but like we at that point we realized they're not good ideas um but the conversations are there and we are there and i guess you know like the only thing that really stands after talking to stephen for so long it stands between us is this hyphen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so little. I mean, the thing that stands between us is really Zoom, right? So we could have right. just called it Judeo-Zoom Christian.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> that would not but have No, worked. exactly.
1: Um, and so that's that's where it's at, and that's what it highlights, and that's what it's uh, that's what we're trying to really do is have these conversations um, between the Judeo and the Christian and just talk about the similarities. And it really started at a really basic, much more prosaic, uh, understanding of like what I wanted. I was like, you know, we we're we're releasing our Christmas episode next week and Mm. I had no idea what an advent calendar was. I kept seeing them in stores. I kept, you know, passing by, I had some sort of idea of what it might be. But I really had no idea. I had no idea what happens right during the Eucharist in different denominations. I know that that exists. I know that there's a wafer. I know that there's a line. And and like, I just wanted to know what these things were. And I was like, if I have these questions about Christianity, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that Christians have questions about Jews. Right, yeah. what is the difference between the Hasids, right, that have those big black coats and the the, the, the curls and and all that, or what what is a shofar actually used in surfeit in like you know during Jewish services as opposed to in Christian services? Like, what is a Passover seder? What happens during that time? It's the
0: first um, one that I've known, what you said, right there, Passover there seder. That's the first the one that I hear you talking right? about. The,
1: have you seen in some churches they the use the horn. horn, the ram's horn?
0: I, so I grew up Southern Baptist, so absolutely not. <laughs> they don't do anything. Oh, yeah. We're See, not allowed to camera, move. Right? You sit in the pews and you sit there till we yeah. tell you to tithe, then you move. <laughs>
1: The the, Hasid, sorry, the Hasidic community is the uh, is the ultra orthodox or the ones that are like if yeah. you see the pictures of the stereotypically looking Jewish individual, mm-hmm. which is a very small minority of Jews, the ones that have the long black coats yeah. and the beards and mm-hmm. and the curls and stuff like that, who are those people? What do they do? You know, like um are they really exactly like the Amish or like is or is it just the same dress, you know? Um so so these questions, but then we realize that like there was much more to it than that, right? How do we read the Bible? How do we interpret the Bible together? Um, what do each of us say about various passages? Um, how is our respective histories uh, affecting um, each other, right? How does it mean what, not knowing as a Jew about what happened all the way up to the Council of Nicaea, right? Or during the Reformation, um, I should know that because that affects my existence day to day as a Jew, Right. My Jewish existence is affected by these Christian historical elements um, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And so those conversations have been happening and continue to happen on this podcast. And I think that that was the goal was to two people who know not everything. So we're generalists, right? We know enough about, a, a little about everything in, in, in our respective faiths that we can have these conversations relatively intelligently, make a minimal amount of mistakes, and uh, people can just be a fly on the wall having, you know, hearing these things. Um, mm. Although we'd love to have more participation. We should hear from people what they want to hear about as opposed <laughs> to just our ideas.
0: Those are Pandora's boxes. I did that once and had like 90 yeah. suggestions and was like... I can't do all these. Also, half of these I've already done. So that tells me who's been listening and who hasn't been. But I'm aware that most people are not like me. Most people are not completionists where they log into a show and they're like, oh, well, I have to go back to number one, listen to all of them, Um, which is, I find, deeply satisfying. But I know for most people, daunting, daunting, though the favorite podcast to do that with is one called Behind the Bastards, if you like history. It is fantastic. Uh Um, okay. We'll yeah. check that out. Well, um, now's
1: the time for to do it with us because we're not even like 10 episodes in. So it's not that yeah. big of a so jump in. We're going to go to 600 episodes easily. you know. Yeah.
0: Stephen, do you agree? Uh, we
2: are the Facebook now. We are yeah. Facebook
0: now. Yeah, well, so, very, yeah. That's very meta. See how we pulled it all back together there. Um, even the word meta pulls it back together. Stephen, do you agree with Avi's definition of the hyphen? And then I'm also curious, is the length of the hyphen differ based on the country that you're in? Because Judeo-Christian is a massive hyphen here in the United States but I'm not certain about Canada, which you both can probably speak to, nor about the UK at all. Like, is it stretched and elongated or shortened depending on what political or religious posture we're trying to take?
2: I think I'm probably taking this from Avi's observation, actually, that I think the way a Judeo-Christian operates in reality is usually just a bunch of Christians trying to prove that they're not just a monolithic culture. So they sort of like, Let's, let's kind of rope, let's rope the Jews in with us to sort of stand against, <laughs> it's usually like the Muslims or the atheists or something, right? So it's, it's sort of, uh, uh, I don't know if how genuine it is amongst Christians. And I suspect Judeo-Christian is not a term that was coming up by the minority. It's not, the Jewish community is not making up Judeo-Christian. It's yeah. the Christians who are using that term. And then what kind of Christians are using that term and Why? Yeah. So to me, I, I, I interrogate that term a little bit and I, and I wonder whether it is just trying to co-opt or, or um, obfuscate kind of what's really going on.
0: Have either of y'all dug in to the, the origins of, of that? I'm, it must be marketing. There's no way it's not marketing.
2: Yeah, I don't, Avi, have you? I don't
1: know. No, I, I know, I, I, there's actually a book, a, a work of philosophy, a French philosopher, uh, Jean-François Lyotard. I, I'm, I'm sure, Stephen, you've heard of him. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have, Seth. Nope. Uh, I'm not trying to Mm-mm. pull names here. It's. It, you don't know this, Avi, this but really I also
0: transcribe these episodes. so I'm going to need you to email me how to spell that word. It's, it's, it's like Lyotard,
1: but, but like with a leotard. Y at the front. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and he actually wrote a highly technical work of philosophy called yeah. The Hyphen, and it's about mm. this connection between Judeo-Christian. But it's not something that anybody can and should even read. It's, oh, well, that's it's, not like, helpful. I'm saying it's, it's important. It's one of those, like... You know, I don't know what your background is, what you studied in university, but I'm sure there's a communication work. Communications, communications. There and, and
0: there's like a minor in philosophy and theology that I didn't complete either. Um, yeah. But I also went so, to Liberty University. So everything oh, really? is kind of inside wow. that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We got to talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Let's go.
1: <laughs> um, when we get do our hyphen show on religious universities from the Jewish That's and the Christian side, we can get on that. Sure. Um No. So um, so he wrote this book and I know that it exists. I own it. I've never read it. I probably never will. Um, it's just (laughs) this thing. Um, but my, my, my guess is that, or my sense is that you're right, that it was much more invented from the Christian side to, um, justify, to validate the idea of, you know, we are not just this new religion or whatever it is. Um, we have these deep roots and we have these values that are, you know, in the and we are all encompassing, um, and in North America, Judeo-Christian, in theory, when it, the term was coined, was likely all encompassing because the, the Muslim world and the Eastern tradition yeah, world right. w- w- was not there. Um, but what I was going to answer uh, for you is that I think it depends where you stand, um, because on the Christian side, if you're on the the, the the Christian side of that, your relationship to the Judea was probably minimal to nothing,
0: mm. and on the 100%. except
1: for. In, in church, when you read about the Jews, and even that is has no bearing on Judeo on the Jews yeah. of today.
0: Yeah. What do you mean?
1: And Christian, um, the 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 Jews of the old uh, of the Hebrew Bible and of the New Testament are not at all the Jews that are exist. I mean, they are descendants of, but the the practice, the faith of Jews in the. Uh, first century and in the fifth century BCE and post um, that is is complete it's unrecognizable to the Judaism that we have today other than like the broadest strokes of of an outline of Sabbath and of worship Mm. and stuff like that they didn't have worship three times a day they had sacrifices in the temple right so I'm saying that that if you think you know Judaism, because you read the New Testament and you know about the Pharisees or you read about, you know, the Sabbath violator in the book of uh, of Numbers, mm-hmm. you
0: don't know Judaism today. But there was a History right. Channel documentary every year, and I watched that, so... <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> so that's it. Then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, <mean>, I <laughs> have sure.
2: not even watched that. So when... So Avi had this idea, we didn't know each other. Well,
1: the, hold on a second. So, but from the Christian side, it's oh, yeah. almost non-existent, but from yes. the Jewish side, even though... Very few Jews speak to Christians about Christianity. Mm -hmm. We are living in a Christian culture, right? In North America wide, right? It's a little less of that bleed over in Canada here, Um, but we are living in a society that is permeated with Christianity. I mean, uh, Christmas is here. I live in Quebec, which is a formerly uh, highly, highly, highly Catholic province Mm. which still has the vestiges of it even though it is deeply secular and when you're deeply deeply secular you're pushing back against something and that something is catholicism which means that we are still dealing with a highly highly christianized society so we think about that a lot more than we think about than you know we, we don't talk to them necessarily they're not necessarily people that we talk to about faith um but on the jewish side the judeo-christian thing is felt intimately because we are in somehow you know roped into this faith into this idea mm-hmm. of what judeo-christian is
0: yeah what were you gonna say Stephen?
2: well just what avi was saying about um christians just operate in a world in which they don't know any jewish people or they just don't really have any contact. And that was why I wanted to do this podcast with Avi because he's absolutely right. Because when I was, so the Avi and I didn't know each other. I have lived in Montreal for a while, but we didn't know each other then. But uh, I got this email from a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours, out of the blue, sort of saying, um, "I know this rabbi in Montreal that he wants to, he wants to start talking to Christian theologians, and I recommend that he talk to you." Mm. And and I just right away, well, well here's the thing: I, I realized I didn't really know any jewish people i mean i'd met jewish people but i didn't have any friends who were jewish and i certainly hadn't had like a long-standing relational conversation with anyone who was jewish and i also realized like and i don't even i'm not even i hadn't even noticed that i'd missed that
0: mm.
2: and it was like oh this is weird not only do i not know jewish people i don't even miss the fact that i don't know jewish people and yet i'm spending all my time as avi said talking about pharisees in the new testament and talking about the temple practices and jesus cleansing the temple and 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 uh, the the jewish connections to christian theology and and i thought there's something missing in me i need to re- correct this so i was really happy to jump on that opportunity and, and and go into this podcast with abby because i was like yeah there's something that's not good in me i want to fix that and it wasn't antagonism it w- and it wasn't I don't know. It was almost like it wasn't like I'd gone out of my way to avoid talking to Jewish people. It was yeah. like I hadn't even noticed that I wasn't talking to Jewish people. Yeah. And that was not good. And so I was so happy for this this to happen. So for me, the hyphen stands like a kind of a a bridge, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it can be like a bridge to, to help me understand something that I didn't know. It also helps. It, it's also quite fun. I don't know if Avi finds this, but like when he asks me questions that i then have to explain like oh yeah why is it what is the difference between southern baptist and uh, huh. roman catholic like what is that <laughs> massive you, know, and, and the fact that you have to have to describe T- it itself makes it, it uh, like renews the interest in in the christian side of things as well so yeah uh, to me that's part of this thing it's like this hyphen is like a bridge um into new worlds and also kind of to take me back to 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 the worlds that I thought were familiar.
0: Yeah, how do yeah. you um how do you even explain? So if, say that's a question, Stephen, that you were asked of Avi. Um, mm. How do you even explain that in an hour? Because it appears the episodes are an hour because there is centuries upon centuries of difference between Roman Catholic and Southern Baptist.
2: Well, it helps that Avi knows way more about Christianity than I know about Judaism. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for all the reasons he's just said. I mean, yeah, right because like i Abby, you went to a christian didn't you? go to divinity school in chicago i went
1: to the university of chicago divinity school which yeah. is uh technically non-denominational but uh has lots of jewish scholars lots of christian scholars mm. lots of eastern scholars there's the oriental institute there there's uh um what i remember what i what i loved about it and that was the that's a good you know going back to what you're just saying when you go into the university of chicago divinity school you um You fill out a questionnaire and it's like the Hyde Park um, Theological uh, Colleges, you know, survey. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking through so many denominations that you're supposed to tick off which one you are. And then you get (laughs) to the very end and it's like Jewish and then other. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, there's, there's, you know, I, I, no, I yeah, thought there is was
2: Pentecostal, Carolina. but it wasn't just that it was
1: like broken down, like really yeah. fine. And yeah. Alliance Christ, Baptist, Church Central free Baptist. Baptist,
0: free Baptist, yeah. Virginia Baptist. Those are just the ones in my city, by the way, those yeah, all exist. So that's
1: what I'm, I'm more curious about that, <laughs> yeah, where I was yeah. like, I, I know broadly speaking, the difference between Catholics and Protestants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I'm sometimes playing the enlightened idiot for my, for the, for the people listening. Right. And, uh, and yeah, so the, I would first task in an hour, you know, what's interesting in a Catholic and a Protestant to begin with, right? Yeah. At a practical level, at a theological level, um, I, you know, you watch the Godfather, but you also watch plenty of evangelicals, something or other. Broadly speaking, what are the differences between the two? And then we'll save the Orthodox for another time. Mm. And then, uh, and then I imagine that we'll have an episode on different denominations of Protestantism and without getting into really, really fractional, you know, bits like that. And then, uh, I think that it's about breaking it down and asking what are the questions that we can answer within the amount of time that we have and then saving yeah. the other ones for another time. Yeah, well, that happened I'm to also, me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, and then the other part of our, what we do is, I'm always interested in the kind of, like, what does it feel like? Like, not, not kind of what is it, but almost like, what does it feel like to have Hanukkah? Like, what does it feel like mm. in, uh, to to be around, I ask, Abby like, around, if you're around a Jewish person who's not observant, you know, who doesn't wear the head, the head, the skull cap, or who doesn't observe Sabbath. Like
0: mm.
2: what, what do you feel about right there for people? the
1: Patreon people?
2: And so to me, like some of those questions are like, Avi is giving me this, the idea of like, what are all the questions you've always wanted to ask a Jewish person? And then you get say, what are all the things you've always wanted to ask a Christian? And it's not just data and information. Some of it is like, how do you think about these people? Like, what does it mean? for you when you see somebody who's Jewish but not observant mm. and then he gets to ask me like how do you feel when you're around you yeah. know uh, crazy Trumpy charismatics or uh, how does it feel when you're around a high church Roman Catholics whatever and there's just something kind of fun about that that aspect as well of having that that kind of ability yeah. to ask those questions
0: yeah.
1: yeah I don't know if it's just us but like sometimes the small oftentimes the small like fact-based question becomes you know, the launch pad, naturally, we are not planning these into like larger questions Yes, that are more important than, you know, what happens at X or what, you know, what happens, uh, can you, can you redo the mass if you didn't take it properly? Like, like (laughs) little things like that or, or whatever it is. Atonement, forgiveness, that. Yeah, we end up on much bigger questions uh, around things as a result of that.
0: Yeah, so I was what I was going to say, and then I have a question for you, Stephen, and then Avi, uh, I'd like your opinion as well. So you're talking about like the difference even in denominations. So I was at an event on Sunday, chaperoning with some of the youth from which my son's a part of. So you know your kids in the in the youth. So you you're a chaperone because it's one of the one of those humans is yours. You're the, you're the reason that they're there. And um, someone had said, well, you know, yeah, this minister here they they had a they had a falling out with a lot of the congregation because one of their first things once they were installed at this Presbyterian church. Um, was that they said, it's totally fine to be gay. And I was like, well, is that a thing that Presbyterians do? you like, well, they're Presbyterian USA. To which I was like, I don't know what that means. And there's yeah. also a Presbyterian church next to us. They're not USA? No, they're not USA. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And like, I, li- I live here, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what that means. Cause there's just so much, so much stuff. One of these days I'm gonna figure out how to put like an ad stop in the middle of the conversation so that it's not so awkward of a pause, right? And maybe the guests can contribute, but today is not that day, but we got to do this anyway, right? It, It helps to make things go. Talk to you in a minute. Getting to that bridge metaphor, Stephen, from the Christian side, um, I want to stretch that metaphor, or hold on to it a bit. What do you feel like is the, like the monolithic structure, which is probably not a fair way to phrase the question, but I don't know a better way to do it, that is holding up that part of the hyphen? Like What, part, like what is the, the main thing that is attaching the hyphen to the sea?
2: I think it's this chosen person idea. Mm. I think it's people wrestling with that. Um, I think it's something like that. So like the early new Testament is essentially the whole, it's all connection. It's just, it's just the new Testament is a series of footnotes to the Hebrew Bible. And it's pretty much them always trying to work out. All right. Are we still connected? How are we connected to this idea of the, of being chosen by God? Mm. What does this look like? What does this mean? If, uh, if, if Israel is a light to the Gentiles, what does that mean how are we a light to the Gentiles? So, so much of the New Testament is not being set. Um, the imagination is not being set against Judaism. It's being written by Jews, for Jews, about Jews. And they think they're being Jewish. Mm. They think like this is what it looks like now to be a light to the Gentiles. And and that has what's set in motion. If you think like playing pool where you line up a shot and, and no matter, how, I mean, you start, the balls are really close together, but by the time they get to the re- to the end of the table, right, they, they can be quite far apart. And I wonder whether the starting point in the New Testament was chosen people, and then to see how that develops over history. Mm. And it's obviously become quite malign and perverted and, and bad in lots of times in Christian history, and I'm yes. not defending that. But I do wonder whether that might be the thing that keeps bringing people sort of back or that that's the connection. And, and that, that link, that hyphen has been tenuous. I mean, it breaks quite a lot. But I, I wonder whether that is the tenuous connection. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Abby? Is that fair? From the Christian side?
0: No, from your side. So, or just the oh, idea like, that
2: chosen person might be the, the, the idea of trying to work out what it means to be a, a chosen. Well,
1: one. that and, and we've spoken about this, and I you know it's not a shock, except to people who haven't necessarily thought about this at all, um, or a lot, um, it's also the justifying of the chosenness, right? If right, you yeah. have to take the chosenness away from one people and give it to another, yes, um, you have to constantly be reminding yourself, right? That this is yeah. the right thing that we did. Um, and, and that kind of automatically, like, you can't just walk away from that and sort of like, yeah, we did it. We're done. We're, we're the new Chosens. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the old Chosens? Doesn't matter. We're not thinking about it. We're not talking about it. You end up constantly needing yeah. to justify to yourself and to others, exactly. right, why what you did is the right decision, yeah. um, even though you didn't do it, right, the the faith as a whole, right, there is that, you know, that, that is, looms so large for a lot of theologians, Um And I suspect that there are theologians that would say, we, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we aren't so chosen, but like the way in which you live your life and you justify your existence is to go and say, no, 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 Proudly. We, we chose this. This is the, we are, we were chosen. We are the new chosen. This is what it is. Um, I suspect that's a part of it as well. um, That, you know, but, but yeah, yeah, the, you know, it's it's so much of the Hebrew Bible that you have to answer for constantly and constantly, um, that it's there. Now from the Jewish side, um, I think it's a
0: quirk of history.
1: Mm. I think that if you know the chosenness
0: is a quirk of history.
1: No, the, the our I, bridge to the bridge what's to connected the to the o. World, world, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um is the You know, if if Christianity had gone and become an established tradition, but really like minor the way that the the Jains are today, or Zoroastrianism, right? Mm -hmm. Jewish community wouldn't wouldn't have to think about it nearly as much. It'd be like, yeah, there are these people that sort of did their own thing, and we don't think about them much, and you know, and that's it, and you move on. Um, But for, you know. a major strain of Jewish history, right? And we broadly can divide it into people that were living in Arab Muslim lands and people that were living in um, Christian lands. You you don't really have a lot of um, Jews that have a long, long, long history of living in Eastern tradition, in lands with Eastern uh, religions. Mm. Um, So broadly speaking, these faith, you know, these faiths loom so large for you that you end up having to contend with it on a regular basis as being this faith that emerged out of the faith that you live in right? Right now yeah. and so you don't necessarily have to justify it you're like yeah well whatever that's their thing but it's around so often that you end up thinking about it a lot um, now that can happen in a good way right especially in the um, in the Muslim worlds right if you look at the most one of the most famous Jewish philosophers Maimonides he doesn't seem to have a problem with Islam because he says to himself oh well this is clearly a monotheistic faith that really believes in stuff and has a law-based society very similar to ours mm-hmm. um, and so you know they're kind of cool right they have some mistakes right but it Having a false prophet is no different, you know, is not a huge deal compared to you know having it, and so he'll talk all sorts of things about it. Having yeah, Trinity, they're wrong, and exact, um, yeah. and then but then in the in the, in the uh, European slash American world, right? What happens is, is that you're dealing with this other faith that is constantly thinking about you because of the aforementioned reasons, yeah. Um, yeah. and you're living amongst them, even though you yeah. have very little contact with them. Um, you end up defining so much of who you are right yeah. as a negative approach to well we're not christian like this right because we don't believe in three is one we believe that one is one right so so much of your thinking ends up um, in contradistinction to what right the you know uh, what the dominant tradition is yeah. and for the most part for some reason or another that ended up in a much more antagonistic relationship Mm. Um, with very few exceptions throughout history until we get to today where we have this like real detente, this really nice way of approaching things where we're like, we can have these kind of conversations. Yeah. Um, but we're still undoing so much of that history of, you know, well, we're not Christian and we're not, you know, believers like this and we don't believe in false prophets. And so much of our thinking about our own faith ends up through the lens of other faiths. Mm because it's so dominant and yeah. because it's so closely
0: connected. Hmm. I'm curious why, maybe there's not an answer to this, and this probably isn't even an accurate question to ask, but I'm curious why the the bridge was created or the hyphen was created to Christianity instead of Islam, or why there's not also an Islam to Christian bridge, considering they're all, or unless I'm way out of character, unless I'm way out of turn, like Abrahamic faiths. Like I, I worked with a guy for a long time, who we would talk about religion all the time, and he happened to be Muslim, and we would have amazing conversations. And he's like, "I didn't know we had this much in common." You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious why it's just the one hyphen, and why there are not more hyphens. And that may not be a question for for necessarily all. Maybe, maybe it I don't know if that's a fair question. Stephen, do you have an answer?
2: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, not a quick answer to that. <laughs> Except I mean that I I feel the Judeo Christian label. I, Avi and I are trying to like redeem it, or we're we're making the best of that word.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I do think it's been used as a weapon mm. against other, like specifically against Muslims, to be honest. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why why we're not in a world where there's a, the the Muslim yeah. Christian hyphen or the. Jewish. I mean, I do
1: hear that that term at Abrahamic faiths come up yeah. um, mm-hmm. more often these days. I, I would say that, again, it's an, it's an accident of history in that if the golden age of Islam hadn't gone away, um, we would be dealing much more with that. Mm. Um, and that that um, the fact that yeah, right. the they sort of missed each other, right? The golden age of Islam and the Enlightenment sort of missed each other by a good couple hundred years, whereas had they existed a lot closer together or at the same time, you'd end up with a lot more of... The, the blending of all of these, um, mm. thinkings and the, the Eastern philosophy as, uh, in, in terms of Arabic philosophy would be much more of our daily culture. And, uh, unfortunately, right, because it is a, a deep and really, really fascinating, um, you know, faith tradition and, um, philosophy. Um, that that would be a lot more of our discussion, um, but instead, what happens is that the the Arab world sort of retreats into the Arabian Peninsula and doesn't participate nearly as much in the Enlightenment of which we are living right now. Whereas, I would suspect that if we were having this conversation in Dubai, um, the reverse would probably be true. We'd be having I'd be having a conversation with you know a Muslim cleric, and we'd be wondering why aren't the Christians a bigger part of this discussion?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's interesting that, like, of all these Abrahamic faiths, right, so when the um, Christians get their revelation, they think they're now the, the the ones with the latest and the best word, they go off pretty quickly. I mean, it doesn't take long before they start, like, marching with swords and shields and taking their light, their gospel to, to other lands at the point of a sword. Um, historically, Muslims as well, the Muslim expansion through the uh, – through, through Europe and and Africa was done through, through a lot, uh, often through a lot of violence. And, and yet Israel didn't do that. So the Jews weren't doing that. They, they received the, the revelation from God and they didn't, it didn't lead to like a a violent expansion, a triumphalistic expansion across the globe. And I, I do wonder whether that's also quite, to me, that's interesting thing that, that the chosenness of Israel is to suffer whereas the chosenness for Christianity and Islam seems to triumph, or they want
1: to triumph.
0: Mm. What do
1: you think, Abby? Is that? I mean, yes and no. Um, I think that um, the moment of, and again, I'm not a scholar of this. I'm just a lowly reader with some hypotheticals going on in my mind. I'm like, that's right. And I'm like, well, Jews like to point out to the fact that that doesn't happen because we are a non-proselytizing faith. Right. That we are, we, we stick to ourselves and we're happy with whatever. And we, we try to push people away. And there's the classic uh, story that they give always of Ruth, right? Ruth, the Moabite who um, is uh, who converts to Judaism, but not, not after she is rejected three times by her mother-in-law. Right. And then that a convert is supposed to be rejected. Even if somebody wants to come in, right. We, we don't, it's too hard for you. Don't worry about it. It's not your thing. It's a don't. And um, I wonder whether that's just because at the moment when global domination became a thing when it became cool right (laughs) um uh with, has that not you know, been the case? The, all the kids, all the kids. <laughs> well, No, be, I'm saying like, if you think about it before Rome, you didn't really have these, like, you had these like territorial aspirations. You had these people that were trying to like push into, you know, various right. areas, but nobody was thinking about like, well, we are going to be the ones and we're going to be the only ones and we're going to have global total domination of Roman or Hellen- Hell- Hellenist culture or whatever it is. Like, And at the moment when that happens, that's the moment when the Jews are... Um, exiled, right? That's the moment of the first major, major diaspora for the Israelites and the Jews at the time, um, and we never really recovered from that. Mm. And that the the idea of well, we're not proselytizing is sort of like yeah, 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 yeah. we we don't really have global aspirations because 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 we couldn't. Right? There was no yeah. are you making a virtue of a necessity or something. You think? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like oh, I, I didn't want to go to that party anyways. they're, they're yeah. the kids there aren't cool, right? Yeah. They're, they're, Don't tell uh, anybody
0: I wasn't invited. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, like, I I suspect that that's part of it Mm, and that if, if, you know, Jews had been actual players in this, you know, territorial thing and we had, you know, actual territory and uh, an ability to have skin in the game and to have an actual ability to have a fight in this thing um we might actually have had more nationalistic territorial global aspirations and it might have things might have shaken up very differently. Um, but as a result of like you know this destruction of the temple and the exile um we end up diasporic for such a long time and you know then as a result you don't end up with, you always assume that you're just going to be you know, the really smart kid in the corner that's never gonna be cool and never gonna become super popular, but always have the influence. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I like you said which Jews love to have this thing, right? We love to point this out. Think about how many Nobel Prize winners are Jews and think about how many, you know, this or how many that and like the outsized influence. And I'm like I don't need to think about that. I'm just happy with who I am and, you know, and that's it. So I'm not here peddling Jews run the media conspiracies, lest anybody come <laughs> in Is that part them. of
2: the Judeo-Christian hyphen idea as well, though, which is that actually it's all very well, it's all very well talking about Christian civilization, but come on, let's be honest. How many, how many of our pillars of, of so-called Western European civilization, they're not Christian, are they? So is Judeo-Christian a way to acknowledge that as well, that this isn't just some, Monolithic.
1: Christian Are you saying this is the the bully's way of saying no, 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 no? I'm friends with the brainiac. You can't just really like uh, throw me away and uh, tell me that I yeah. I'm useless. Right? I'm Judeo-Christian. We have yeah. all these big. I don't know. Never thought about it.
0: Yeah, mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. No. So that. I
2: know as soon as hy- as soon as that be said, let's call it hyphen. I like. I got it. I was like, yeah, let's call it hyphen. This is a good word. You can talk about the word hyphen for a long time.
0: Yeah. It so. For those listening, that little exchange there, where you're like, "I don't know," hadn't thought about it that way. I was cutting pomegranates last night, which is among my least favorite things to do, but also my most favorite things to do because I enjoy eating them. In the prospect of it, it's expensive. Wait,
1: wait, they don't sell them. They don't sell them pre pre cut for you.
0: Cause so if so, I if
1: it's in Montreal. Like maybe it's like a bougie, no, no. Like I food could buy them that
0: way. Um, <laughs> but I, so I like. I was raised in a way that if you don't do any work, the there there is the The joy is less if you didn't work for it, and there's a part of me that does enjoy the tediousness of eating the pomegranates after I've spent forty minutes getting them open. Do
1: you, do you not know the whole uh, under the water trick and uh
0: yes, I do the top, but there you know? is a um there's like a a, a juicy film that, that is already on the pomegranate. So when you run it under the water, it, it takes away some of the sweetness. They're, they're slightly more uh, bitter. That's, it,
1: by the way, one of the alternate uh, podcast names that we had was uh, the Juicy Film. Juicy
0: Film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but y'all were talking about voice <laughs> theology. <laughs> let me, oh, gosh. Let me get back on. So y'all were talking about um, you were reading through scripture and you both brought the same passage. Um, and I think it was Deuteronomy, could have been Leviticus, but it was a specific passage. And it, it literally just ended. I've finished it this morning. I think you're going to spring off into Matthew, but there was a part, and I forget what you asked, Stephen. You're like, "But what about this?" And Avi, and you're like, "I've never actually considered it that way. That's interesting." To which I was like, "Well, that's the purpose for the show. Like, absolutely. I've mm-hmm. never considered it that way. That's interesting. Like, that is a good response to interfaith dialogues. I think, and a healthy one, a yearned for one. If people, I think, were honest that they, you know, that they could that they could learn something. So." question from each of you. And then I know that we're running close on time because I can't remember exactly how many hours you are ahead of us, Stephen, but I know that you said you had a hard time that you had to stop. So these are the two questions that I ask everybody, Avi, and Stephen, you've already answered these questions. Um, So y'all can go in any order. What are some of the things that you feel like we should be allowed to speak in our, or talk about in our synagogues or in our churches? I've changed the question for, for, for present company, that if we do not intentionally discuss them, we'll begin to unravel the faiths that we hold dear.
2: What are the things that say the question again?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the question is born more so out of so say I'm sitting at church and I just stand up and I say, Why don't we vote on letting people be gay in our church and also be deacons? And people in the back are like, Shh, we we're not interested in that today. We don't so
2: What's the one question that would start to unravel everything?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but that we should be allowed to speak about and oh, question nice. and talk about as a congregant of of the church body or of the faith body. And um, yeah. not necessarily one that the minister or, or rabbi or reverend or I don't know what the right word is here, pronoun or t- title is. Not the one that sh- they, it should be foisted on the congregation, but the one that everybody is thinking, in your opinion, that nobody talks about for fear of being ostracized or kicked out or excommunicated. Interesting.
1: Stephen, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on my mind. It's on
2: my mind, but... it. it but we talked about it earlier, but I would I would like to question the chosen person narrative amongst evangelicals mm. especially. I would like to interrogate that because it's such an ingrained part of of a lot of Protestant Christian you know, their their self imagination that when they open up any random bit of the Bible they think it's written about them. And when they hear Israel being blessed or when they hear the chosen nation being blessed, or they think, Oh, that's about us. Mm. And I would like to question that, and I would like to start talking about that more,
0: yeah.
2: and to actually look, begin to look at what what has actually happened. Like Abby said, what happens when you claim you're the chosen person, but the previous chosen people are still there? <laughs> so then, what happens? Um, and you try and um, brush them under the carpet, or do even worse things, which is what Christendom has done mm. to Jews throughout history. And I think all of the bad things that Christians have done to Jews have come directly from their brittleness about not being able to share the stage with with chosen people.
1: Was that the, the alternate title for the Crusades? Brushing them under the carpet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are, are either of y'all familiar with a show that has become popular called The Chosen? Yes. How would you, how would you retitle that, that name then Stephen? if we can't, if we need to question that, that wording or that, that mindset, like the entire show is framed around now they're talking about the disciples being chosen, but we, we both know what's going to happen with that show once it's on DVD and gets screened in churches. What would you retitle that unrelated question? Because we can't the not, followers. There you go. Fair enough. Just want to make sure because I gotta, gotta remove that baggage. So I'll even I'll even be more valorous than that,
1: right? And uh, there's a there's a uh, an American rabbi named uh, Brad Hirschfield who wrote this book called um, You Don't Have to Be Wrong for Me to Be Right. And that really became a guiding principle for a lot of my thinking and a lot of my day-to-day interactions with both Jews and non-Jews. And uh, I I would have no problem. Maybe this is theologically problematic or I don't know what it is, um, but I have no problem with Christians saying, maybe the one problem that I might have is that they are supplanted what chosenness is, but different people are chosen for different things. And your chosenness, I have gotten to a point in my, my faith, and my day-to-day living that your chosenness doesn't impinge on my chosenness.
0: Mm.
1: Right. And my truth is objectively true, but only objectively true for me. It's not even objectively true for my wife or my kids when they grow up and have developed faith traditions or my neighbors or the people that are, I'm teaching. Right. And I don't try to impose my objective truth onto other people. Everybody has their own right? It's postmodern, whatever. I'm not going to get into it, but like different people can have different objective truths instead of thinking about it as subjective truths. Mm -hmm. And your chosenness to me is a big part of that. If you really feel like you are chosen to do great work, as long as you're not saying, and again, that's, Maybe the part that I would have to change about that, as long as you don't go and say I am chosen and you are no longer chosen, yeah, because the there only can only one. be one chosen. Yeah. You know, that's when we might have some words, and then I might realize that you know, in the two thousand year tradition of Jews versus Christians, we're kind of like not don't have a great track record. We feel like the Detroit Bears in that one. Um, I feel like the
0: Detroit what? The Detroit Bears, right? Who are, <laughs> are saying, the Detroit they're, Bears? They're, Who are the Detroit football? Bears? Right? I don't know the. It's the Detroit, Detroit Lions. Bears. Lions. What am I thinking? I was thinking the Chicago Bears because I've been living there
1: for so long. Chicago Bears. Anyways, the 85, because I keep thinking about the 85 Bears, but the, the Detroit Lions, Bears are so bad that no one's even heard of even them. have heard of them. Right? they like, you know, we are the Detroit Lions of the... I'm not editing that out. That's staying like, in. Yeah, please, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know enough football. If This was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I know Thanksgiving as well. Abby. I know. <laughs>
0: I'll also leave in my screw up with Christmas as well um yeah there we go yeah Um,
1: so that's that's the way that i would approach it Mm -hmm. um that question Mm
0: -hmm. um fair enough
1: yeah yeah i don't did i answer the original question question? is there anything (laughs) you could yeah is there anything you would add
0: is there anything that so say in your wife's congregation what would what would you what, what do you feel like they would say? So,
1: I don't speak for my wife's congregation, and she's it's a very large congregation, and they are very, for your uh, old
0: congregation, then because you <laughs> said you were in the pulpit prior.
1: Yeah. Um, what I would say is, and you know, to me, it's maybe not even a congregational thing. It's I think about this a lot. So, I have, for example, one of the podcasts that I have is it's called Bonjour Chai, it's uh, it's the largest uh, Canadian Jewish podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about current events, we have a weekly, you know, and we are, we're trying to always be. Contemporary, what's what are the issues of the week or whatever? And a few weeks ago, we had a, a guest on um, who was talking about uh, Judaism and Intactivism. Intactivism is the uh, the new movement towards intact male bodies and uh, activism, right? So they are anti-circumcision. Um, okay. They don't like that term. They are pro being intact or whatever. I'm not going to get into their politics and stuff like that. But for those of you who have read, you know, uh, the Bible um, circumcision is a fundamental part of the covenant that Jewish males have with God. Uh, and it is universally something which is, um, you know, practiced almost universally to this day. Um, but there's a growing movement of people that uh, believe in intactivism, and, and a, a part of them are Jewish and they want to advocate for this and to have spaces in the Jewish community where people who are not circumcised are welcome. Mm. And I got a lot of pushback, even though I may have disagreed with this individual. Um, I got a lot of pushback. From a lot of people that you shouldn't even give these people the space to have these kind of questions um, to have, um, you know, don't give them any, you know, audience and, and I'm like, I may disagree with them, but a. Uh, I don't think there are any wrong questions or wrong opinions it's up to you to go and prove these people wrong and to say well I don't it's even beneath me to have these kind of conversations as to why they're wrong right is I think a fundamental problem in tradition in faiths today in religion today um, so that is what I would start with um and what that illuminates for me much bigger is um, and it's a it's a big struggle I think that people don't talk about within the Jewish community um is the struggle between the universalism and the particularism Mm -hmm. we are a particular tradition we are there is theoretically an in-group and an out-group within judaism right people that are jewish and people that are not jewish um but those lines get very very blurred in today's day and age and we, we don't have these questions and i am I'm a big universalist. I clearly want to have these kinds of conversations with just about anybody. And I'm willing to have conversations with people that are really on the fringes of the Jewish community and people that are beyond the Jewish community. Um, But we're not asking these questions as to where does the universalism stop and where does the particularism begin? Right yeah. I love Stephen. I wouldn't have him as a prayer as a member of the ten that we need to have a prayer quorum, even though he is yeah. a believer. He is not a Jewish believer and therefore he does not belong in the quorum of Jews. Um where do those lines work and not work are not necessarily questions that we are dealing with in the Jewish community. It's fairly an uncomfortable topic because there is a lot of interfaith relationships that are happening more than uh, there used to be there are a lot of still people with loose ties what i refer to loose ties within the community people that don't necessarily want to go to services every week people that uh don't practice the way that you know i might practice or other observant um traditional jews might practice but still want to maintain some sort of ties to the community and it used to be that we would push those people out. Like, all you care about is bagels. Well, Forget it. You know we don't need you in this community, and and you know bagels and Seinfeld, right? That's that's mm-hmm. Judaism for a lot of people. Well, nowadays it's Larry David, I guess, but um, <laughs> right. But nowadays there are so few, and and it's interesting because the guest that I had on, who was this intactivist, he was, "Why are you pushing us out? You need us more than we need you. You need we want in, and you're trying to push us out at a time when so many people are leaving faith traditions and mm-hmm. leaving Judaism." He says, "Why are you doing that?" And I think he has a point and actually actually, that's the bigger point over the intactivism. That reason why I had him on is to to have these kinds of conversations. And I think that that's the big conversation that nobody really wants to talk about, right? The, the interfaith tradition, the interfaith marriage, the uh, you know, observance versus lack of observance. These are all things that people are thinking about the gay versus not gay. Like all these things are around. Um, I think the, and I'm not sure what the answers are. The the standards are so complicated, um, but um, that's, you know, just, uh, that's something that has to be up there and really be discussed more.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Long-winded answers, sorry. No, that's
0: fine. Give me one moment. My my children came down with something that is apparently life-altering. One second. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Now, I know, it looks like we lost Stephen. I wonder if he's coming back. Yeah. What what happened? the The internet. I
2: don't know. It just it <laughs> just stopped. No, the internet didn't. My computer just shut down.
0: Oh well, you got to apply those updates.
2: I just shut down, and then uh, and then it it's said, a sign uh, from God. A, I saw a screen I've never seen before in, since owning this computer, and it said. We've had an error, and we've had to restart.
0: (laughs) Well, you're back. You're back just in time. So I'll ask you both this question.
1: Didn't say you are in error. You are. You are in error. You are in error. (laughs) 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 You must restart. (laughs) Begin again.
0: (laughs) You must be born again. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, That's the that's the Nicodemus error. Why not? So My
2: apologies. Do we need some sort of clear like space to restart this again? No. You actually (laughs) popped
0: right back in about. Fifteen seconds after um, Avi had finished. Okay. So yeah. Um, so the the question that I ask everyone. Is, so Stephen, I think you've been asked this twice. So I'll begin with you, Avi, to give you a bit more time mm-hmm. to to answer the question. So the question I I begin with is, when you try to wrap words around what God is, um, Stephen, mm-hmm. what would you say to that if someone asked you, like, how do you try to say here's what God is?
2: My mind these days is is in the world of Fermentation, patient fermentation. I'm reading a book by Alan Kreider called "The Patient Ferment of the Early Church," Mm. and he's talking about the uh, the value that the early Christians had on patience, which was not a which was not a a virtue amongst the Greco-Roman world. And uh, they saw God as eternally long-suffering, slow to anger, right? And and they tried to act accordingly. And that a lot of the sins that happened in the world especially amongst Christendom happened because of impatience and, and a desire to quickly change things rather than just to patiently wait and see, or, or let things happen in a slow way. And it's that kind of process of bubbling change, which Alan Kreider, the, the Anabaptist church historian calls patient ferment. Mm. So I would say something like that. I would probably in my own way, I'd try to say talking about God is that part of the heart of the cosmos, which is, Always creating and yet always waiting and patiently waiting
1: as well. Mm. God, God is a bacteria, then, right? <laughs> God
2: yeah. is, God is the ferment, is the yeast in the dough, and go, yeah. the yeah. scoby in the, yeah. in the, Well, to make you know, that more,
0: to make that more beautiful or pretty, I guess than, I, I than bacteria like it, is, um, is is if you wait long enough, you will you will too become intoxicated because that's what we yes. do after fermentation. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, intoxication may be in the best way. Who knows. Um, so what would you say to that question, Avi? Like what is, who is, however you want to wrap words around that. So,
1: um, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Maimonidean approach Maimonides uh, and it's not his conception entirely, but he is a big proponent of that. And I think there's not enough Jews that think about this. Uh, uh, I'm really a big thinker in terms of negative theology, right? Uh, We don't, I don't like to think about what God might be, but I also have a good idea of what God is not Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, the finger of God is does not exist and uh, God does not get angry the way that we get angry. These are all just analogies for our human, you know, little pea-sized whatever's um and um instead of thinking about all the things that is i i really end up tr- trying more towards let me not think about it in this way or let me not thinking about it in that way there's no emotion there is no physicality there is no temporality to god and uh um, beyond that you start getting at like some of the broad contours of again where that might be um, but it's much more defined by what god is not um than what god is
0: mm. Mm. yeah no I like that plug the places where do y'all want people to go to do whatever it is that they need to do as it relates to the work that you do and we should probably begin with hyphen because that's that's what that's what originated this so where would y'all direct people to kind of do what they need to do on the internet so
1: um, I mean, if you go to your podcast player, hyphen is a apparently common enough podcast word. Um, you can search for it under hyphen Jewish Living Lab. Um, and maybe you can put it in the show notes or whatever. But mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to find hyphen alone. Um, an easier way is just going to jewishlivinglab.com. And you'll see all of the podcasts that I put out um, and you can click on that and you can click on the Apple link or the Spotify link right through there. And it'll, uh, you know, in case you forget and you can see all of those. Um, so that's really the easiest one. One direct way is to go to jewishlivinglab.com mm. and uh, find me there. Perfect.
0: Stephen, yourself?
2: Well, I, I also plug that Avi does. Um, he makes cocktails <laughs> and I, <read> plugs. <laughs> I recommend that you check out sort of Google uh rabbi avi feingold plus cocktails and see what you get because that's Mm. also are there
1: some good recipes (laughs) there is that what you're saying uh yeah yeah i do cocktail workshops and uh yeah i uh i have this thing called the jewish cocktail lab with a little spin-off where we uh teach some basic, some interesting jewish ideas using cocktails as uh what as uh jumping off points but uh cocktails are always fun. Also yeah, intoxicating, uh, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, so you're you're absolutely.
0: inadvertently saying that Steven's correct there is what you're saying because yes, of the fermentation. Uh, not even inadvertent. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> advertent in this. <laughs> <laughs> Steven where would you want people to go?
2: Oh, I just told you. Go go to the, just cocktail, that. the perfect Jewish cocktail. He is like this and, and every time, avi He, after refuses. Made he made refuses. He refuses. I've, I've had him Put try to plug his website. books.
0: He won't do it. He won't plug his podcast. He doesn't do it, um, right. which is which which is which is, is endearing.
2: Cocktail, cocktail in hand. <laughs> you're going to have a kosher cocktail, and then you're going to come to tenttheology.com and check out all, all that the, stuff. <laughs> um, and you could you could have a look at uh, the, the Kierkegaard, A Single Life, the biography of Soren Kierkegaard that I wrote yeah. as well. You could check that out.
1: Do those. Do those. But,
2: uh, do come to Tent Theology. You'll find all sorts of fellow travelers
1: and interesting people on that yeah. podcast. Yeah, excellent. We need to come up with the hyphen cocktail. That that would be a good one. Uh, oh, that, that what, makes what, itself. What, what spirit most embodies, uh, and don't answer the holy one, uh, most embodies Christianity? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bourbon?
2: Something made by monks. Bourbon.
1: bourbon. Uh, I see very different answers. That's American and European. But, yeah, I know. Uh, interesting. So Benedictine one. and bourbon. Right. And uh and some menashevits splashed on top of that. Yeah. So there you go. Served yeah,
0: with I a think. wafer. <laughs> with a <the> wafer.
1: <laughs> same Perfect. thing.
0: Perfect.
2: Same thing, same.
0: Now, I haven't added it up, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of podcasts on the internet, and I am humbled that you continue to download this one. If this is your first time here, please know that there are transcripts of these shows. Not always in real time, but I do my best. And if you go back in the logs, you can find transcripts for pretty much any episode that you'd like. The show is recorded and edited by me, but it is produced by the patron supporters of the show. That is one of the best, if not the best way that you can support the show. If you get anything at all out of these episodes, if you think on them or if you're you you know, you're out and about and you tell your friends about it, or hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, boss, pastor, here's what I heard, what are your thoughts on that? If this is helping you in any way, and it is helping me, consider supporting the show in that manner. It is extremely inexpensive, but collectively, it is so very much helpful. Now for you, I pray that you are blessed and you know that you're cherished and beloved. We'll talk soon.